Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about health, breakfast, and we have part two of our interview with Ian Nicholson from Sanctus. Welcome, my friends, to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by Gail with, on quiz night, which it is tonight, has got an incredibly itchy head. And a man who hasn't travelled for 30 odd years, but has now got incredibly itchy feet. It's itchy Charlotte and itchy Russell. How are we doing, itchy people? What makes you say I've got itchy heads? Because you're thinking all the time like that. Scratch your head scratchers at the quiz. That's very... You followed, you followed something there, and I don't know if right, it's... We have done 300 plus episodes now. I'm running out of introductions. We all are. Do you remember I've the days we used to pre-write these? Well, we probably should go back to that. <laughs> I've introduced both of you every which way but loose, and I I just, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm spent. Yeah. We're I'm, spent I'm spent physically. I'm spent intellectually. I'm spent... I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm to say. How are you doing emotionally, mate? <laughs> I'm actually, you know what? I, it, I, I've got to talk about this because it's been bugging me. Um, Health-wise, pretty good, right? Uh, I've got a toothache today, and I've, I've been sorry. Well, no, I'm getting some calls to deal. Yeah. Oh, this is like this is like. But this is how far we've got after 300 plus episodes. We're just talking about the fact that I've got a toothache. You've got a toothache, Charlotte. I do, yeah. So when I have a toothache, normally Calls of Deal fixes it, and we've run out of Calls of Deal. So uh, my amazing wife um, apparently is bringing me some back. Let me tell you my good note. Go on. I lost £9 last week. And... And me scouts tell me my body makeup, you know, the percentages. Yeah. I've gained 4% muscle. Oh, amazing. I don't know where, but 4% muscle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, we could go down so many rabbit holes with that comment, right? <laughs> so after, after your expert advice, I've also brought myself... Uh, um, what they call them? Now you won't wiggle your ass, buddy. For 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 our, for our audience, of po- look, I know we forget that That's people listen to this, but for our audience, the podcast listeners, uh, Marcel, <laughs> how would I? How would I? Uh, how would I That's what I called it. That's what. It's not. That's what I called it. A barbell. But yeah. it's, the, it's the one with the long bar, not the not the small barbell. Barbell, yeah, because they're dumbbells. Oh, dumbbells. So yeah. you've gone for a barbell, barbell, not a dumbbell. Have you been using yeah. your barbell? Uh, it's coming tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I thought that might have been responsible for the 4% um, muscle mass. If you, if, you was listening, if you was listening to what I said to her, I said I've ordered one. All right, okay, fair enough. Um, I, I, my new fitness uh, toy is resistance bands. They're good. 
They're good. They come in two little handles. What are and they they're for? Massive. Well, basically, they're massive rubber bands, but they're very portable. Um, yeah. uh, I've and had the ones you stand on one end and then pull the other, isn't they? Exactly. I've seen them. Yeah. So we've got a bunch of them. Um, they're, they're good. Because the thing is, with dumbbells and kettlebells and all that sort of stuff, it's all heavy. How much was the stuff. resistance bands? Uh, I don't know. Um, not expensive. Uh, they were on Amazon. Um, I'm going to have a look. Oh, he's, he's setting yourself a little home gym up there, right, isn't you? I've got a treadmill and a, and a exercise bike. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, question of the podcast, not that we do that anymore. What's your worst favourite and least favourite um, exercise equipment? I love a, I love a, a stationary bike. Static bike, static bike. I'm I'm liking I'm liking my treadmill to be honest. Treadmill, treadmill. I'm not, into, I'm not enjoying the bike as much as I am the treadmill. So I my favourite is one of two, right? It's either my actual bike that I use more than any other piece of equipment ever, because I'm on it going places all the time at the minute. Yeah. So my actual bike is possibly my favourite. My favourite piece of like training equipment, massive tyre. <laughs> Flipping the tyre is one of the, my favourite exercises. Did you ever flip the tyre, Russ? I'll be totally honest with you. If I wanted to play with tyres, I would have gone to work for the AA. But <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about things that are physically straining but not actual exercise equipment that was designed for exercise, it's I think I can work out when I walk over the deal with two shopping bags and a backpack. Um, sorry. <laughs> have you ever flipped a tyre? No. I you don't know what you're missing, mate. Yeah. Have you ever walked over an hill in Glasgow with two shopping bags and a backpack? No. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, mate. Honestly. I mean, walking up that hill, Charlotte, in Glasgow is, is, is actually hard work. I've never tried it. You know it what I have tried, though? The ropes. You know oh, the ropes you hold and go like that? Love a bit of the ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Love Even that it was a week to two weeks worth of shopping is uh, not ideal, but... Uh, is that your worst accidental training equipment then? Two bags of shopping and well, No, the thing is, cause I started, once I came back, um, like, at the beginning, I, I was, like, struggling with the hill a little bit. And now I just, like... How much do you pay for your shopping, Charlotte? 21 quid a week. It's gone up a bit. And you get a month at a time? No, no, no. I get like a week or two weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. I see why you don't get home delivered now. Because yeah. I have home delivery. But I've just signed up for that Hello Fresh. Go on. Other, other home delivery yeah, brands yeah. available. Uh, so we've been sponsored by Hello Fresh now, or not? No, we're not. They sponsor a lot of podcasts, just not <laughs> us. Why are we giving them so much free publicity then? Then we found We've given loads of stuff free publicity. Yeah, so I just signed up for that. I mean, Ninja Master is about a million quid, the amount of times we mentioned Ninja Master. That's told me about a million quid. Yeah, yeah. 
So go on, tell us about HelloFresh. Yeah, so uh, we struggle with portion size. Mm. And uh, yeah, always cook too much. So so now I'm I'm bad to plan that it comes portioned out and they're they're reasonable portions but a lot smaller than the appropriate yeah a lot a lot smaller than I'm having. Yeah. So so the the method in the madness is try and cut out that element of oh I'll have a little bit more of that by yeah. Yeah, that made sense. My my strategy, and I'm not like massively desperate about losing weight or anything like that, but thought I'd give it a go. Um, what's working for me at the minute is intermittent fasting. Um, and that's basically a posh name for don't have breakfast. Yeah. Um, um but Well, you do you do get a bit I remember that time I bought you a coffee with two sweeteners in it. Half oh, past eleven, you were like, "This ain't on." <laughs> I, well, no, you know what you meant to do. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like super religious about it because there's days when I'm doing other stuff where I'll have a big breakfast because I'll, I'll need to or or, or I just want to. Um, but the idea is that you don't take in any calories between eight at night and twelve the next day. Idea. So, Sorry? It's a good idea. Um, well, you know what? It's weird. I didn't know how I was going to get on with it. So I tried it for a few days, thinking that I'd, um, I'd, be, I'd be really hungry. And I, I was, and I still am. So I get to lunchtime um, actually wanting to eat. And you know what I realised, guys? Um, I was probably eating breakfast and having calories before lunchtime, not out of genuine hunger, not because I needed the calories out of habit. Yeah. So I, I forgot what feeling actually hungry and wanting food felt do, like. Um, do, you know what, do you know what's crazy about that story? I used to skip breakfast and lunch. I tend to have lunch now, but what I do is I'd finish working between eight hour past. It'd take an hour to cook tea. So I was eating at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was sitting on my stomach. I wasn't sleeping well because yeah. I was skipping lunch as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not... What they say is having an eight-hour window or what the, what the researchers meant to say, and again, I'm not advocating this for everybody. Do, do what works for you. Um, is um, is that eight hour window just helps your body recover as well? I think it's right. Is, mm, yeah. yeah, don't know, don't know. Um, and I didn't realise that breakfast being the most important meal of the day, so it was a marketing campaign. But well, they're, they're all they're all marketing campaigns. All the, all the... All, all them things you think are happening in a market. We, we take somewhere. decisions with our lives based on people just wanting to sell us more stuff. But that's that's, that's kind of how marketing works as a general no, I, know, I know how marketing works. <laughs> I know how marketing works. But, but, okay, let me frame it this way. Let me frame it this way. 
nutrition in the West has got worse incrementally in the past hundred years. Um, now I don't know if I'm going back to four hundred years because if if we're in if we're in the uh, if we're in nineteen twenty three, we're probably not. Eating go back too far, and you sort of it's sort of like with um. Well, if I go back too far, we're administering medicine with slugs. Um, funny enough, Sean, well, they, they still do. They're, they're not slugs; they're leeches, and they still go. Leeches are proven. They still go fill the blood with them sometimes. Sorry, yeah. not not slugs, leeches. And apologies if I've um, if I've insulted your kind, fellow Norfolkians. Is that what Norfolkians? Also, oh. they still do use leeches in some. I bet there's no triangulars down here, though. <laughs> yeah, but we are The problem is. We've now invented some in-jokes. I'm, a, I'm the only triangulist in the village, I tell you. Well, I'm, I'm a triangulist as well. And I'm, 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 I'm maybe the best triangulist in this family. Can you explain to Charlotte what a triangulist is? Because she's a bit lost. One, one that plays the triangle. So, your dad was telling me the other day, Charlotte. Gregory Porter asked me to play... In his bed. Right. He yeah. pointed, I was at Blenheim Palace. He Blenheim pointed out to the crowd, as he does every show. The crowd works, and that's how music works. How live performance works. Right. He looked me bang in the face, no. pointed to me directly, and went, no. you can join my band. Pretty sure uh, Mum has yeah. video footage to prove otherwise, but sure. Yeah, but she didn't catch him. She didn't catch him. He, he turned the video on after we'd done that, uh, and after the security guards have stopped me, stopped me clambering on the stage. Now, what? <laughs> That's a joke. I, I didn't try and jump on the stage at a Gregory Bolt What's the reason she turned the video on? Because he asked her to join the band. Exactly. Exactly. Proves that proves that he actually asked me to join the band. Yep. I yep. Wait, can you produce the video though? No, because it started after we asked, but it was one of those things where yeah, he pointed How can it prove that he asked you if you can't prove that he asked you? Because Kaz he turned it on <laughs> to catch the end of it, but missed it. Ah. That's what I'm saying. It's like an episode of Would I Lie to You, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> listen. We all know that it's a lie. We don't even have to <laughs> Listen. Next time Gregory Porter's on the telly and I'm in the background with a little triangle, you're not who's gonna be laughing then, eh? Now what Maybe you, you should do? lie about less elaborate things. It what was, I think it... you should do now you're such good buds with him. Get yeah. him on the phone and say to him, pop on our podcast and let us know the Right, okay. All right, we can do this. We can do this. Um what well, right. Let just let 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 me see what I can do. You're, you're stumbling and stuttering now. No, I can still me with much confidence that you're going to follow through. Right, no, I'm just going to phone it. I'm just going to phone it. See what he says. See what he says, and see if he'll come on. I can't get in touch with him right now. His phone's not working. Oh dear, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> Hold on, there he is. 
Why don't you why don't you try your other band? You can join my band. That's Spotify. No, it's not. It's great. He's on the phone. He's always got his backing band. I should be there as his triangulist. <laughs> Greg, no. When the podcast is more important, you know what? Next time, next time you need me, I'll be there. But today, I'm recording the kindness project. You know what? I'm going to go on countdown and try and get triangulist. And when they look in the dictionary, it's going to say Chris Stames, one that plays the triangle at Gregory Bulwark's concert. That's it. Spot on. Uh, on that note, should we move on after that absolute nonsense? <laughs> should we move on to another fun-filled episode of Tainis News? Did you do it, Charlotte? Huh? Did you do it? Well, you talked over me, so... Sorry. Now we've got one episode of Kindness News. Ping! See what no. I mean? It's been a good triangulist. I don't need a triangulist. I... The Kindness News theme song doesn't need a triangle. Um, right. <laughs> it so... needs like a guitar, I think. Okay, go on. Give, give us your guitar version of Kindness News. Yeah. Oh, I don't own a guitar. Right, Ross, you're, you're, you're going to be the guitarist on this one. Mouthless Go on. Do the kindest news jingle again, Charlotte. Kindest news. What was that? It's bass. It glitched on my end, so it just made it sound like the one sound that was really funny. It sounded like a really deep version of the countdown theme tune. Right. Um, now let's get serious because um, this is quite a um, serious story. Um, Slouteen leaves trail of kindness that will be remembered forever as family play tribute. The family of a teen stabbed to death in Slough have paid tribute to their lovely son, Temo Koreshi, 19, who was pronounced dead at the scene at stabbing in Harpenden Road. The family have described him as a lovely son whose love knew no bounds and whose presence in their lives provided them with endless uh, comfort. Thames Valley Police have um, launched an investigation to see, uh, to catch Temir's murderer. Um, his mum and dad said he lived his life putting others before him, leaving a trail of kindness and generosity that will be remembered forever. He brought endless joy into our lives. His kindness, strength and laughter will forever echo in our hearts. His presence was a, a radiant beacon of love, illuminating our lives with unparalleled warmth. Now, whilst that's clearly a tragic piece of news and our tributes go out to Timur and his family, um, and clearly the challenge we face where young people think it's sensible to take out knives, um, we need to do something about. What interests me in that, in that story, particularly in relation to the podcast, is um, 
what Timmer's going to be remembered for. So he's not remembered for the amount of money he had in the bank. He's not remembered for being the best academic or football player. He's remembered for a personal trait. And that trait, when it, when uh, Timur is concerned, is kindness. Um, and I suppose we want to play tribute to Timur by reading out that story um, and applauding him that throughout his life's, life's he had a positive impact on other people. But I suppose it goes back to that thing, memento mori. Remember death, remember that it comes to us, and remember that actually what people remember um, is the hopefully positive impact you had on people's lives. What do you guys think? Well, we were only discussing this the other... We were yeah. actually we we discussed it with a kindness project guest yeah. in an upcoming interview, don't we? Yeah. Uh, um, I wouldn't say I'm not overly fussed by what I leave behind because for me, death is the end of a end of a cycle. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not overly worried by what people think. To be honest, no. How about you, Charlotte? What do you think about legacy? Um, I think I'm sort of similar, but I don't care how people remember me, just that they do. Like, I don't yeah. want, like, two months to go by and people never think about me again, you know? In what way? You know, in what in what way would you love people to think about you? I don't know. Just... For me or Charlotte? Who, who'd like to answer first? You go first, Ross. Because so, I struggle with with loss and remembering, I don't think I want people to remember. I don't want to cause people pain. Mm. And the big thing for me is knowing, because I've done right and wrong in life, the big thing for me is knowing I've, I'm the best I can be now. Yeah, I'm no, worrying about what I leave behind, but I get that. I'm doing the right thing now. Yeah, and you certainly are, Raj. You're doing an amazing job, so well done with that. Um, there's, there's we a, have... Go on. Oh, there's a... Hold on. I can't see my face. There's a really... Um, I've been reading a lot of uh, works by Christina Rossetti recently, and I, I swear I'll make it relevant. Um, and there's a really beautiful poem she wrote um, and it's sort of broken down into three sections. Um, and it's sort of, you can see the transition. And it starts with her having this idea of, don't forget me when I die. And sort of moves into, well, what would it be like if you forgot me? And the last section is sort of her saying, it's okay to forget me when I die, as long as that means that you don't have to suffer the pain of my death. Um, I, I will find the poem at some point, but it's this really beautiful, like, short poem. Not short, short, but like, you know, it's not 20 pages long. About just, like, wanting people to move on when you're gone. Did that like the transition I went through? Yeah. To be honest, where I, I used to be concerned about being forgotten. Now, all I'm concerned about is being the best I can be. Yeah, not and that's all you can do, really, isn't it? 
not worrying about whether people whether people remember knowing for my own personal um in my own personal mind uh, I've done the right thing. So I, found, it, I found the poem that's important. That's all. Well, we, we hear the poem because, you know, a little bit of beautiful poetry in the Kindness Project sounds good to me. Um, but I think I might differ from you too in this regard. Um, I think leaving a positive impact on not, not when you're dead, but while you're around. Um, and that positive impact being a not not i mean by the way sorry you two please do remember me um just so you know i want to i want to be in an oak coffin floating down the thames i want a viking funeral i want a viking funeral i want the arrows i don't want to rush by the arrows actually neither of you you're rubbish shots um uh, that was a good shot when I was younger. Not a good shot now. Right, okay. Um, I'll, I'll get somebody good to fire the arrow. Set fire to the thing. But I, I want it so that I'm floating all the way down the Thames, creating mayhem along the way. <laughs> that would be my legacy. Um, uh, anyway, anyway, but I, I, I do, I mean, I think when I think about it, I do want to leave a positive legacy with everybody I interact with. In, in in some sort of way. And I don't know how that looks, but do I, do I care about what I leave behind? Yeah, I do care about what I leave behind. Not And again, not from a financial perspective, or by the way, Charlotte, you're not getting anything, I'm spending it before I go. That's um, fine. But clearly, um, we're in a position where the real value you leave is what you you know, the, how you make others feel and what you teach others, I think. That's the interesting thing. Now, how sustainable is that? It's not, is it? Because clearly, if we zoom out properly, will any of us be remembered in hundreds of years' time? No. Well, that depends. I see on, on Teddy and that, people going to, to a graveyard... And look at the, the other graves. Yeah. There's, there's people in their hundreds of years old. Uh, yep. people, people are still visiting and wondering who they are. No, no I know. I know. But as I said, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at the bottom of the Thames in my oak coffin, and I because I won't float forever unless I do float forever. Can you can you get me a, a, an oak coffin that floats forever just up and down the Thames? That, that reminds just me. Just me in the never-ending log in, you know, Lisa's world in Simpsons, where it travels around the world just on the sea. That's all I want. That is all I want. Just, Just stick him in a lazy stairs and he'll be fine. Float, float me around the world, Ra. I'm not lazy, nothing like that. That's like a legacy to somebody like me. We'll shove you in the floor outside to see me. <laughs> Sorry, you're just going to put me in a lake. That doesn't sound like an appropriate legacy. That's the cheapest way of doing it, though. Yeah, right, right. As I said, money will be of no expense because I'm not giving Charlotte any. All of the money's going towards... <laughs> <laughs> making sure that I float around the world forever. Um, 
there'll be a trans phone set up to make sure that I'm able to do that. Is that right, Charlotte? Is that, good use, is that a good use of your narrative? I want people to remember me for good, but I'm cutting you out of me will. <laughs> You'll get something. I mean, I'm thinking about £2.80 and a curly whirly. I mean, that's plenty, isn't it? Oh, come on. At least upgrade it to a block of cheese. <laughs> Give me a block of cheese. My my positive legacy is I corrode your arteries with cheese. Is that what <laughs> Christ. Right, anyway, all I'm saying is we are remembered for the impact we have on, have on others often. So let's be awesome to each other. If you really want to corrode your arteries, you could stretch to a cheeseburger or a Mackey's. Cheeseburger and Mackey's would be cheaper than getting me a box of cheese. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Done. You sold it. You sold it on cheap. Um, anyway, in other, in other news, let's have part two of our interview with Ian Nicholson from Sanctus. But before we do, and so Charlotte's got a bit of time to do a bit of research, let's um, unpick, yeah, well done. Well done. Let's unpick the things we've talked about on today's show. We've talked about London cheeses. We've talked about biking funerals. We've talked where else have we talked about, Raz? Weight loss. Bar we've bells. talked about weight loss. Where else have we talked Bar about? Barbells and fitness equipment. You've got plenty of subjects, Charlotte. What one are you gonna go for? She's not telling us she's keeping it secret. While she's oh, doing nice. Let let me introduce you to part two of uh, the interview with Ian. Ian's an amazing guy, a trustee of Sanctus, who do brilliant work uh, helping people who really need it with the support they need, uh, both from a food perspective, but also from a community and, and, and support perspective, getting them back on their feet. Let's hear all about the amazing work that Sanctus does and Ian supports them with. I suppose one of the other factors that, that's interesting in terms of that is volunteering. So in terms of the way Sanctus is staffed, is it employed people, volunteers, combination of the two? How does it work? We have um, a stucketeer. So we have a, we have a CEO, mm. Emma, who was one of the trustees. And then she we changed the structure only a few months ago. So we, she is the CEO. So she, she runs it. Um, we have like a hub manager who runs upstairs. We have a cafe manager who runs downstairs. And then we have, I'm trying to think now, three or four other employed staff. Yeah. So we probably have about seven employed staff, some of whom work upstairs, I say, some of them work downstairs. But we literally have, Chris, I reckon 100, 150 volunteers that come in. Amazing. Um, and they will do, um, some have got different skills. Some will, because um, we get donations from different um, different shops and different supermarkets in town. So Sainsbury's and a few others, will, M&S, will donate stuff to us. So they'll go and collect from them. But also yeah. we have volunteers that come in to to serve the service users. So yeah. again, they'll come in during yeah. the day and they'll serve the, you know, they'll be like waitresses. So they'll serve yeah. the staff. Um, so yeah, we, we, the volunteers are brilliant. I mean, um, they build relationships. Because the thing, the other thing which I, you notice when you're actually on the ground with this is that unfortunately when you walk along, sometimes you see a homeless person. They're just somebody lying on the street and whatever. And I'm not saying you don't think about it, but sometimes you just, you do, you do sort of walk on by and when you start talking to people and you start building relationships with them you realize there's no difference to anybody else there but for the grace of god goes goes everybody yeah 100 and the um 
the, the, what's great with mo well, all the volunteers is they all they don't judge. They don't, you know, everyone comes in. You know, this isn't, you know, Sanctus isn't, isn't, uh, isn't, a, isn't a religious organisation. It's, 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 it's secular. Um, but there's something about, get back to the giving, you know, the, 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 the volunteers do it because they want to put something back. Now, some come in only once a week. Some will come in three or four times a week. Yeah. Some will come in once a month. Yeah. yeah. Some will just play up in the kitchen. Some will do whatever. But everyone buys into the idea that we want to help these people who are less fortunate than us. I think, I think, I think one, one thing that shone through is, when, when we spoke about it before, is that importance of building the relationship yeah. before getting them to a point where they are. Because you, 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 I'd imagine that the, the big first step is building trust, isn't yeah. it? And, and for, for the service users to know that they're they're not going to be preached to or try and like they they just want to like they want they want to be helped but absolutely but it's no, and I think it's comes first. it's treating them as adults it's treating them not as not as just numbers um, yeah. I'm not saying everybody that comes in wants to be helped because there are some people that are just happy to to just yeah. come in have a meal and, and go out again but there are there's a heck of a lot of people that come in that want to be helped and sometimes. They either feel too ashamed or they might feel yeah. whatever. And again, if they're dealt with with respect and maturity and, and love, the, yeah. last, the staff yeah. downstairs, it, it's, it's brilliant to watch. And, and I, 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 they're not particularly trained in it. They're not sort of trained psychologists or anything like that. But you can see they've got they've got empathy. They can work out with people. Yeah. And very quickly, they do build relationships with the service users. And then they, there's no fault in it. They'll just talk them. And if, if someone sort of, says well actually i would like help with this that or the other well great let's let's move you to yeah. so and so um and it is it is about relationships we've got people that have come in blimey all 11 years we've been open you know there's people and there's but there's other people that suddenly will turn up we've never seen before yeah. and get in, yeah. they'll be treated with the same respect and find out a bit about we're not intrusive because again you know people on the streets for different reasons um yeah and so yeah. you just have to be mindful of that. But again, as I stress, it's not just people on the streets. You've got people that are sofa surfing. You've got people that we get a lot now, people that are victims of domestic violence, where, you know, we get families coming because, yeah. you know, we, we rehouse people as well. We don't we don't physically have houses, but we will help with them with the housing. And that that's part of the homeless issue, isn't it? You know, homelessness is always perceived as living on the streets, but you yeah. could be living quite, living quite a transient lifestyle, struggling, Absolutely. but not, you know, not perceived as directly homeless. So, and understand the work you're doing, and that's that's amazing. Now, I know, I know, because we've been stalking you here and in oh, preparation yeah. for that. Not you personally, the the charity. So, my 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 research team have, have said, look, Chris, you need to ask about your events that you've right. got coming up, uh, particularly the ones you're doing on social media. So, tell us a little bit about those. Um, we've got a variety of different. I'd actually look at your thing, which came through. Um, we have a variety of ones we've got um on in october we do a lot of events actually in the um in the um the, the cafe itself so in october we've got a three course meal that's coming up which will be like a taster meal which people come along they have a meal the chefs will cook for them it's like a proper evening out it's a proper evening out which again does that you've actually dismissed one we had a beer festival a couple of weeks ago where um again we had a stall at a, a beer festival made a fortune in terms of that so we've got that yeah um yeah. 
I'm trying to think. You've actually caught me on the hop a little bit in terms of what else you've got. Come on, you've researched it. What else is in the middle? What else have you seen? You know what? They didn't give me that information. <laughs> what, we, what we will do, what we will do is we'll give, um, we'll put all of the events coming up on the on the podcast show notes so that people can have a look at what events you've got coming up and if they're local, help help you attend and 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 stuff like that. So yeah. we'll, we'll make sure. But I'd imagine. They they do two jobs, don't they? They help to raise money, and um, and are sort of good awareness raisers in no, in absolutely. certain. I, I like to think um, that the events we hold in house. So because yeah. again, it used to be a restaurant, and it is set up like a restaurant. So yeah. we can we can serve 60, 70 people quite comfortably, and we have. We have, bing, we have, we call it rock and roll bingo night, but have it where it's um music is played and you have to sort of cross off the song when it comes off. But again, oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. Well, uh, so can, can people come in and buy a meal to fund the? How does it work in terms of that? Well, theoretically, they could. Um, the truth is, and again, let's be honest, you're dealing with people. Um, again, I'd love to say it's all sweetness and light in there all the time. It isn't because. Yeah. You're with people with issues so um by all means come in we, we, we would never you know, if anyone wants to come in we'd love you to come in you know and if you want to have a meal you can have a meal let's say we, we feed anybody so you can come in you can have a meal make yeah. a donation absolutely not but we don't set a price if you want to make a donation just be aware you're not going into a normal restaurant sure. you know, you're going into an environment with people with maybe some issues and stuff so i'm not saying it's it's a a den of iniquity or anything like that. But again, you've got people in there that have got issues. Yeah. It's uh, designed to help and support people, isn't it? Absolutely, so yes. Yeah. So no, people, people could come in. I mean, we do actually really do encourage people um, and either contact, you know, contact me or, or, or the centres itself. If people want to do a tour, we're always saying come in and do a tour. Just yeah, to, again, really important. Perfect. Now, we lie a case story in the Kindness Project. So right. we, we are conscious of... Um, making sure that it remains anonymous and everybody's comfortable yeah. sharing the stories. But what what story do you think illustrates the impact of sex as the best? Ooh. There are so. I mean, this is going to sound really cliche. I'm not. I'm not. I am going to give you a story, um, but I'm going to premise that by saying there are so many, and because we do so many different things. Yeah. Wrong to say that this one thing covers everything because we do cover a whole multitude of things. Sure. I'm, I'm going to give two examples. Um, first one, which one shall I do first? But the first one, um, we had a service user that passed away. He was only 32. He was found, and it, 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 he was found, he was overdosed. He was found in a, in a car park in Chelmsford. Awful story. Um, his family, who didn't have much money, came to us. I mean, we, you know, he was a long standing service user, only 32, remember. Um, they couldn't afford the funeral. Um, so we organised fundraising and within less than 24 hours, we'd raised enough money to provide a funeral for that, for that guy. So that guy had a dignified send-off. In fact, we had to stop the fundraising because it, it, it was, it, it, we, we did, to be fair, we, we've got a, a, a Facebook site, social media. We put it up there. Followers and sponsors of Sanctus literally within less than 24 hours, you know, within a day. Had, had, had given us enough for that so that's on a, on a short-term thing but it's to show how much people care yeah about that. and that was able to give him a, a decent send-off his family who didn't have enough money to do anything were able to do that um uh, the, the funeral director helped her out a little bit as 
club. So that that's one area. I, I suppose I suppose the sense of thing is about giving people that dignity and respect. Absolutely. And that's not only in life, is it? It's that element. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's it's that. Chris, in one. It's about giving people dignity. It's about treating them as as what they are, human beings, not yeah. just somebody that can be ignored. The yeah. other one is more a case of. Um, it's not about someone that's homeless, it was someone that was suffering domestic violence. So we had um, a young lady, she had two children, and, and she was pregnant. And she was a victim of domestic violence. And she came to us, and came to us over a period of time. And unfortunately, a lot of times with um, domestic violence, as much as the, the domestic violence is happening, the victims find it very difficult to walk away. Yeah. And so she came to us, and... Sometimes she'd come to us, obviously she'd been beaten and what have you. Um, and again, we respect people's wishes. She didn't want the police involved, so we don't do that. We don't force anything on anybody. But what we did, or what not we did, but what the, um, the, the hub did, the members of the hub team, was firstly they talked to her, built relationships, and then convinced is the wrong word, but got her to realise that she didn't have to still be living in that, um, yeah, that relationship. Yeah. What we then did through our connections with some of the um, social housing in Chelmsford, is we found her accommodation. Uh, so we found her accommodation. Um, not only did we find her accommodation, we then, through our connections, we um, we decorated the accommodation, we got furniture for the accommodation, we got some food for her, we got everything else. By this stage as well, she'd actually given birth, so now she's got a newborn baby as well. So it allowed somebody who was in um, I think in the, end, in the end she did actually take out restraining order on the, on, the, on the partner but while she was with us we took her from someone who was totally desperate literally turned up at our door um, didn't know where else to go, someone had told her about us and she came in, fed her, we looked after the kids um, to the stage where she then had her own place but the other thing, and this is something you don't realise because she'd been in a um, controlling and coercive relationship she hadn't done anything in the house. The, 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 the partner had done everything, dealt with the bills, everything. So she, literally, she was just subservient. So she didn't know how to deal with bills, everything that me and you would take for granted. So again, we've got what's called a tenancy sustainment officer. And what she does, if someone's not used to living in a property, she will actually help them get used to that. So basically, you know, you know, that's it. Yeah. yeah, you didn't know. So literally, we'd say to sometimes, come into us with a pile of bills and we'll show you what to do how to pay it, how to set up direct debits. We even got, I'm not saying we did it for this lady, but we have one of the banks come into us and do virtual bank accounts for people because sometimes service users can't get bank accounts because they haven't got permanent place of residence. So we got yeah. a bank account as well. So we did all of that. And I think that shows we got somebody who was, and to be fair, she was hungry because again, he wasn't feeding her. So she's pregnant, got two young kids, me, victim of domestic violence. She comes into us and at the end of the process, she's been... Um, her mental health was better because obviously she's away from the domestic abuse. She's in a new new place. She's got safe, and I suppose living independently. Absolutely, her kids yeah. are safe, and you know, yeah. you know, and and she can still come back, and she does still come back. Yeah, because right. again, she's not perfect. No, she's still got the issues of everyday life. So, and then that's the thing because we're not again. I'll come back to the statutory funding thing. Um, because we have no. There's, there's no checks and balances. You turn up at yeah. our door, we'll you know, help. We help. Yeah. And I think, um, and there, there's hundreds of others uh, options. But I think that to me, the the, the 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 funeral for the service user, where like that we sorted it. Because again, the other thing to say is sometimes with statutory bodies, you can't do things quickly. You have yeah. to go through a process. Yeah. 
yeah. with us. So having that flexibility and nimbleness as an organisation has been really important, right? Yeah, we've had we've had people in crisis that will phone, and and we've got we've got members of staff. Our CEO has spent evenings with people that are suicidal. They've they've gone out yeah. to them. They've sat with them. You know, we've had so many instances like that. And as I say, the, the, it, again, non-statutory funding has its challenges in terms of how we get our funding in. But I think because we've got that flexibility that we can do almost whatever we want at the time, you know, and and, and react to things uh, in a timely way. can help immediately as a bonus. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. unfortunately... So I, suppose, I suppose one of the big things that, that, that I, I get sort of an impression of here is you can't do that without partners. And looking at your website, there's a bunch of food retailers, a bunch of other businesses that yep. support the amazing work you do, plus also the partners in local authority and the yep. council and stuff like that. How important are those partnerships? And tell me massive. a bit about that. Yeah, absolutely yeah. massive. I mean, what we're trying to do, and it's part of what I do now in, in my role as a trustee, is to, is to reach out to other business owners to almost make them say to sponsors. So to say, it's part of their corporate social responsibility or just because they want to do it. Get them involved, and let's be honest. And this, is, and I'm not, I'm not naive on this. Companies, it, it does, I'm not, they do it for the right reasons, but it still looks quite nice to know you're supporting a charity. It's showing that you actually care in the community. You're not just doing it just for the profit. Yeah. So I say to people, look, you know, come on board. And the part, partnerships are unbelievably important. Um, there's a car firm. In, we had. Am I allowed to mention names, or do you would refer me not? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Look, as in, look as in Chelmsford um, donated a van for us. Okay, so we have a van that they paid that they paid for. They've given us brand new van. They pay for the fuel as well. Um, they okay. may even pay for the insurance from memory. I can't remember. But literally, we've got this van now. So if we need to, for argument's sake, if we've got furniture to move into someone's new house, we can use that. If we want to go and collect something, we can do that. And that's massive. Yeah, you know, yeah. absolutely massive. But you know what? I think similar to you and I, we're both in both been in business or, or uh, both in business. Yeah. I think I think most people. I mean, I I'm I'm a bit biased because my core belief is most people are generally good. Yes. And actually, if you have been lucky to build a decent business, you want to give back, don't you? Yeah. And that's that element. Now there might be an element of how people perceive you. Yeah. Um. But but and then there might be an element of feeling good because you're doing good work. You yeah. know that that's another part of it. But but actually, I think. A lot of people do it because they know it's the right thing to do and they want to help. Absolutely. And I say people like Lookers, they were absolutely fabulous. I mean, we didn't even we didn't even ask for it. They approached us and said, Would you like this? And, okay, yeah, it'd be lovely. Um so yeah, I think the partnerships are essential. I think um not only as I say, not only for the monetary side of it, but also the exposure. So we've now got a van going around. Around Chelmsford, okay, it's got Lucas, and absolutely fine. It's got Lucas branding on it, but it's got Santis's brand on it as well. Love it, yeah. and that's a massive bonus it for us. the awareness, doesn't it? It does. It does. I've heard you've got some exciting news about opening a shop. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, what we're doing, we decided um, literally opposite where we are in Chelmsford. Um, it used to be a charity shop, and unfortunately, the owner's passed away, so it, it's, it's derelict now. But the, the, the landlords came across to us and said, "Would we like to take it on?" So right. what we're in the process of doing now is setting it up. I think we're due, we're due to open it in like the 1st of December. And it will be a, a bona fide charity shop, but not just to sell stuff, because obviously that's going to bring in funding. But again, um, bring awareness to the local area about what we do, because we'll have an opening and everything else. But and the thing I'm really excited about 
is once it's up and running, it'll all be run by volunteers. So we've already got, it won't cost us a penny in terms of staffing because we've got volunteers, some with retail experience that will go in there and run it. But the really exciting thing is from a service user perspective, because what we're going to do is service users that want to get on in the in the workplace, obviously one of the problems they've got is they haven't got references. So well. what we can do is say every six months, we'll have two or three service users that actually will work in the shop. Uh, see, I love the idea. Yeah? I love the idea. Then when they leave or when they yeah, we can then say, okay, well, they've worked in the shop in a retail environment, give them a reference. So when they go on, they will then have a track record of working somewhere. Now, again, there'll be an element of trust because there'll be money exchanging hands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So providing obviously they keep up their side of the bargain and do it correctly, it gives them a, a, a shot up. So from our perspective, yes, it helps our presence in the city. It helps our name awareness. It will bring in, we've done the figures, it should bring in a fair bit of money coming in, looking at what the charity did before. But the un- again, back to the unintended consequences, other service users then will be able to use that to further their rehabilitation, for want of a better word, in society. And it's really exciting. So as I say, we've literally within the last month, we've agreed it. Because that's the other gap, isn't it? The gap, like we've, we've spoken about a little bit already, but the gap is not only food, it's skills, confidence, knowledge, Absolutely. like real life experience to help people just re-engage with society. And I imagine volunteering the shop is going to fill a gap there. Absolutely. I mean, even to be fair, uh, we'll we even sometimes give someone a suit to go for an interview. Yeah. So again, yeah. you go for an interview or, or smart clothes anyway, to go for yeah. an interview. So all that sort of, so yeah, the, the shop, what's this space? I think it's the first, certainly the first week of December, that's when it's going to open and hopefully, um, it will in, in, improve the image of Sanctus even more within the local community. Um, talk to me a little bit about people who have heard about Sanctus and the amazing work you do, and they want to get involved. How can they? How can people help? Um, obviously, if they want to give us some money, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, obviously. Or a van. Or a van. <laughs> or a van. Um, no, I mean, I think I said earlier, just come along. If they want to help, they want to get involved. Um, just come down to the come down to the the, the charity. It's, it's, it's in Broomfield Road. It's number thirty to thirty two Broomfield Road in Chelmsford. If anyone knows Chelmsford, it's not far from the bus station. Um, just come along and say hello. Um, have a look round. And if you want to volunteer, great. If you want to start donating, great. If you want to run an event, great. You know, if you're, you know, I, I go. I've been out to to schools and done events where I've 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 sort of done assemblies for people and explained. And the kids have done, you know. And it, it was, was lovely. I did a thing at um, a, a local primary school in, well, I didn't, but a local primary school were looking for a charity to um, to support. It was one of their life projects. It's year nine. Yeah. It's a 13-year-old, something like that. Went along, and each class had a different charity. The charity that was looking after Sanctuary, now bless them, they raised 62 quid. And they were really down hard. I said, look, I said, you've done tremendously, because that's roughly, I haven't said this, roughly it costs us three pounds to, to feed someone. So it's about three quid a meal. So I said to them, you've just fed 20 people. And the looks on their faces, the look on their face was abs- It was a picture. But, they, but you talk about that, that direct impact, being able to turn around and go, look, this amount of money has had this amount of impact is, is huge. No, it's, it's, so no, I mean, yes, money's great, but I think, the, and, and also it helps people's mental health as well. I think people that come to us, the volunteers, I'm not saying from a selfish perspective, but a, 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 maybe a, an unintended consequence, is that they actually improves their situation. It's really, it's really interesting. Um, I um, I wrote about this in the book, 
So when we're doing the research into this, which I've got your copy here, by the way. I didn't have a copy for you last time. So next time I see you, I've got uh, I've got I've got I've got a copy to give you. But I wrote about this in the book because what I wanted to do when I'm just talking about kindness, I felt it was also important to talk about being kind to yourself and making sure that you were looking after your own mental health so you could yeah. serve others better. Um, and one of the things that I said that's been a positive impact on my own mental health is being kind to others. And the yeah. science backs it up because actually dopamine kicks in and the endorphins kick yeah. in when you help others. You know, it's called the helper's high. It helps. Uh, so so there's plenty of science to say that. And that's why we, we you know, we, I've had conversations with people in the past who have said, like, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going through a tough time. Um, and um, one of the strategies that they should think about is helping others. So I'd encourage everybody to, yeah. to, to think about doing that. No, absolutely. Um, we come to the end of the interview, and I've loved it. Um, I could have asked your questions for another five hours, but that might be the longest podcast. We could get a Guinness World Record. There you go. The longest podcast in the world. Um, talk to me a little bit about where... Because uh, people are going to be listening to this while they're walking their dog or yep. on their bike or going for a run. Um, where can they find out more information about you online? Um, online, if you just Google Sanctus, Sanctus Chelmsford, the, the website, as you've seen, comes up. So go on there. There'll be information there. There'll be contact details. Um, uh, do you put out about, on your podcast? I mean, I, I can give you my we email do. address. Yeah. But... So, so the other thing you can do is go, go to www.thekindnessproject.com uk yeah. uh, and every single thing we've spoken about will have a link uh, on the show notes including the events that we neither of us know really well but we'll get but them. our research team will get to it yeah. um, and we'll make sure that all gets shared oh, and thank you for your time today i've really enjoyed it chris that's been a pleasure thanks very much cheers so that was part to the interview <laughs> this is the end of another podcast Right. The end is never really the end. It's the end. I suppose I've changed his voice. Right. 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 I sound a bit female there, don't I? <laughs> well, <laughs> there's one subject we haven't brought up on the podcast, right? and I'm a bit reticent to do so, but we might save that for next time. What? Your love of married at first sight. Oh, yeah. She's a good looking girl. I don't know, no, we're leaving it there. <laughs> um, uh, we might tell the story, but we might not. <laughs> Your eyebrows went up again, Russ. Your eyebrows went up. Um, uh, and on that note, we're ending, we're ending with Joke of the Week. Why can athlete, athletes uh, lift more than uh, prisoners? Did I? Because the pros outweigh the cons. That's not bad, you know. I quite like when the pros outweigh the cons. I like it. That, that's a double winner as well. That was quite good. That, the pros that's a fitness and prison joke. Yeah, I know. It, 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 it's all of them. Um, uh, on that note, friends, that's the end of another podcast. Have a lovely day. And we'll see you on the Climate Project soon. Bye. Bye.